my wife was brutally murdered until I met Sandra Bullock as <laughs> J.C. Penny. <laughs> I, I don't are using one mic because we are in the same room (laughs) i feel bad for no it's like someone who hasn't listened to this podcast before (laughs) if you're listening to this for the first time i'm mariah and i'm christina and we don't usually talk like that it's just halloween yes we are very excited to be bringing you our final spooktober movie yes the finale for 2021 spooktober Yes, it's a great one. We have been very excited for it for a while. Oh, yeah. We are doing 1996's Scream. It is a banger. It's featuring, um, who do we have? We have Neve Campbell. We have Ski Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan. Um, David Arquette. Yes. Cox. So many amazing actors. Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And we have a special guest. Yes. Jacques from Seeking a Derangements podcast. Yes, we had so much fun chatting with Jacques. Like, too much fun, maybe, because we recorded for, like, almost four four hours. (laughs) Amazing person to talk to. So knowledgeable, too. So we not only deep dove into the movie, but we, like, learned. It's like at a colloquium. Exactly, exactly. So we're very excited to hop into the episode. But before we do, we have another round of reviews to talk about today. These reviews were so sweet, um, so kind. Yes. And we're going to just jump right in here. The first review is from Tegan. Thank you so much for the kind words. You brought up some big players in the 2000 movie game. Yes. Hillary, Lindsay. And for you, we picked Jump to the Rhythm by Jordan Pruitt. This is a feel-good song. You're doing double dutch. You're loving life. I could see you, maybe you're learning a new skill, maybe you're like roller skating, Mm. I don't know, whatever you like to do, whatever sport, um, or just a new out, I I think you're outdoors in the montage is what I'm trying to say here. And you're just feeling yourself, you're feeling good about this new thing that you're doing. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. Next up, we have a review from Lindsay. Um, you did mention in your review that you are a Hillary Stan and who isn't, you know. Yeah, as you know, we are this is a Hillary Stan household. Yes. So we did have to pick a Hillary song for you. There were a lot of options that we kicked around, but we decided on Come Clean. This is going to be a very like emotional, tumultuous montage in my mind you know Mm -hmm. i think you it actually it makes me think a lot of a cinderella story like maybe you've just like stood up to somebody you've just like said your piece you go out into the rain and you're like i feel powerful i feel emotionally cleansed i feel like i can just let the rain fall down and wake my dreams Mm -hmm. anna 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 This is the song we picked for you. There she goes, by the laws. You said Gilmore Girls. We said, 
what's the first song that plays in Gilmore Girls? Well, you, you didn't say Gilmore Girls, but we did stalk your Instagram and you and your said, Instagram Gilmore, said Girls. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> so I picture you, you have some mittens on and maybe mm. a cute little knit hat. Um, you're going into a small coffee shop where maybe you meet a new romantic interest. Oh my goodness. All right. Maybe there's a gazebo moment in your future. Ooh. And last but not least, we have a review from Shelly, who is one of our wonderful mutuals on TikTok. If you're not following Glitter Pen Perspective on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, you're missing out because mm-hmm. that is some quality content. And Shelly was lovely enough to pick montage songs for us, which was so sweet. Yes. Thank you so much. I loved my montage song. Oh, yes. I've been listening to it all week. So... Because of your recent YouTube video where you talked about decom bedrooms, we were like, okay, we're riding this Disney Channel wave right now. So we decided to go with a Hannah Montana song that I don't think gets enough love. I would agree with you. Yes. We picked If We Were a Movie. Mm. A nice emotional ballad. I do think this is you reminiscing. (laughs) Nice emotional ballad. (laughs) And actually received an Oscar nomination for... You know, best ballad in a teen movie. You know, it should have. If if I had anything I'm to like, say about let's it. Let's make this into an orchestral score. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is a, a reminiscing montage. You're thinking about a, a past, you know, relationship, whether it's romantic or even just platonic. Yeah. You're thinking about something that really used to mean a lot to you and reflecting on the way that it's helped you grow into the person and that you are. And evolve and Turn into the beautiful butterfly mm. flying out of your uh, chrysalis yeah. cocoon. Wow. Wow, we were so poetic with our reviews today. I kind of got into it. I kind of put put a little uh into it. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for the reviews. We appreciate them so much. And if you, listener, would like us to give you a shout-out and pick a movie montage song for you, all you got to do is leave us a little five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will shout you out in the next episode. Yes, we will. And with this being said, we better jump on in. This is a long one. Yeah. So buckle up. Strap Use the bathroom. <laughs> and get yourself a little glass of wine. Yeah, Lord knows we did. <laughs> Lord knows <laughs> we did. So we have another very special guest on the pod today to Yay! round out our Spooktober movie. I'm so scared. It's me, Jacques, <laughs> from Seeking Derangements. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, oh my thank God. you. I am so excited to finally hang out with some girls. Um, yeah. Hanging out with Ben and Max, my podcast cohorts, really takes it out of me. Yeah. And we we just, we love, a, we love women. <laughs> We, that, yeah. we hate men. <laughs> if you're ever looking for some fourth and fifth mics, we could do a little collab on Seeking. I love, please, yes. It's it's about time they, they faced off against uh, <laughs> the right people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so excited. I am the biggest dedicated Scream fan of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been waiting to show off my scream tattoo. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, get a screenshot of that for the promo. Absolutely. So I'm pumped. Uh, this is one of my all time favorite movies. Wes Craven is the, to me, godfather of all horror mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. I don't really care mm-hmm. about 
John Carpenter or David Cronenberg. I care about Wes Craven. There we go. Could you tell us a little bit about like, do you remember like the first time you watched this movie or when like you fell in love with it? So I probably saw it when I was like 16 or 17. And generally, I'm very scared of horror movies. Mm -hmm. I watch them all the time since growing up, but I get incredibly frightened by even things like Scream, which is kind of considered like a very like not that scary movie. I just remember seeing it for the first time and being like so fascinated that it was like, oh, they're just like kids that are just like killing each other. There's like really no, there's no like really big reason why. I have a quote actually that, um, that really goes with this from the movie and it just blows me away. At one point, one of the characters are talking about the, it's in the movie store and Randy is talking about like, you know the reasons why people kill Mm -hmm. or in the horror movies or whatever and they say in the millennium go away go 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 (laughs) sorry the cat is coming in trying to trying to join in but um he says something to the effect that it's it's the millennium and Mm -hmm. there there's no need for a motive i really love that 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 immediately like his whole thing is like Sorry, go, go I was ahead. just going to say also just like any movie where the, the lead is the survivor mm-hmm. and like just like this. I mean, Sydney Prescott is just such a heroine. Yeah. She's like the ultimate woman as far as just like standing in the face of violence and just destroying anything that comes in her path. But anyway, mm-hmm. gonna say what you were going to say. <laughs> I was going to say that when I watched it this time around, I remembered how endearing Randy is. I was like, I oh, need so Randy sweet. to live. Like, I, I'm going to need yeah. this man to keep living for the next movie because he's just, like, so, like, odd from the very beginning. But he doesn't have oh, that, yeah. like, creepy air that they give Stu and Billy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, I'm at the video store. I'm simply watching Halloween in the end. And he somehow, like, misses everything. <laughs> no, he. I mean, of course, he's just, like, he, he misses out on, like, the forefront of most of the violence. Mm-hmm. He makes it to all three movies of course he's not alive in the third movie but Mm -hmm. spoiler (laughs) um but i love that one of the alternative casting y'all put for him Mm -hmm. was seth green yeah would have been perfect Mm -hmm. perfect for him seth green is really an incredible actor and i feel like they look really similar too because when i watched this for the first time i was like is that seth green am i like tripping and i was tripping it's not seth green (laughs) i had to google so many different actors in it because i thought that Kenny, the cameraman, besides mm-hmm. Cordy Cox's character, was the the guy from Vice Principals, Danny McBride. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I kept yeah. thinking, I was like, "That's got to be them." <laughs> yeah, um, they they auditioned like a ton of people for this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. first Sydney alone, they were considering Molly Ringwald, Brittany Murphy, Melissa Joan Hart, Tori Spelling, who they like kind of shade in the script as well Mm -hmm. it's like every horror movie in the 90s that she's not featured and she's totally made fun of yeah or any pretty much any movie in the 90s i didn't think she was ever that bad of an actress so the original role of sydney prescott was actually supposed to go to drew barrymore yes and drew barrymore ended up not having enough time Mm -hmm. for both movies and that i read too that wes craven was like oh, I'm going to get on board with this movie after rejecting it at first because, like, Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. signed on, um, Neve Campbell signed on. There were, like, a lot of big names attached. And he was like, okay, this could be something other than, like, another flopped horror film. Yeah. So I, w- I want to bring up a few 
beginning uh just like little facts about mm-hmm. the movie so originally one of the reasons that Wes craven did not want to do this movie is because he said he was done making gory movies and he didn't mm-hmm. want to just go directly to the cheapest route of horror he's interested in doing something more complex and originally kevin williamson the guy who wrote the screenplay for this didn't want that to be the focus like there's obviously a ton of violence in the movie but like Clearly, there's something more at hand. The psychological element behind it is way more scary. Um, The original title of the movie was supposed to be Scary Movie. Yeah. Which was scrapped because of, like, a conflict. Because eventually, Scary Movie became, you know... The popular the parody, parody yeah. movie, movie with Tori Spelling. Yeah, with Tori. Yeah, I mean that's that's an incredible movie. <laughs> I I agree. Um, let me see what else I had here. I had a few little like, get yeah, it's just like different than any other horror movie I can think of. At the top yeah, of my I would head. agree. Even th- it like kind of meshes that scary um, like slasher film genre with a more psychological genre, and then there's also like the comedy thrown in like mm. just randomly oh yeah and you kind of want to laugh at the killer but you're also like he is literally just murdering everyone yeah he's he's he's, he's of course he's evil but i mean it, the minute that uh corny cox gets f- punched in the face for saying mm-hmm. oh I'll, s- I'll send you a copy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know that the movie is gonna have like these hilarious little undertones and like that's kind of like a west craven thing if you've seen nightmare on elm street yeah i had never i watched scream for the first time last year because I'd never seen it before, and I like wow. loved it. I watched all of the sequels as well throughout the whole month of October, and um, yeah. And I'm not really a scary movie person either. So now this year that I've been watching the Halloween movies for the first time, I'm actually starting to understand all the references oh, there are God. to that <laughs> in this movie. There are so many. Holy shit! Yeah, you would think that like from Halloween that the directors and the stylist would learn how terrible wigs look <laughs> in a horror movie there's yeah. nothing worse than like really bright lighting and a bad and wig just in a, a sheeny <laughs> wig just uh jamie lee spears and halloween 2 has the worst wig in the hospital bed because it's such mm-hmm. a so many years apart yeah and then courtney cox's wig in scream 2 oh is that with the short bangs yeah, it's with the most fucked yeah. up bangs in the yeah. world. It's like it's it's like Lena Dunham girl's <laughs> manic episode cutting her own hair. Yeah, but absolutely. For whatever reason, that is so trendy at the time. These yeah. fugly bangs. Um, I also wrote down that for whatever reason they like the way that they dress these clearly like twenty to twenty eight year old mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. and actresses in like quote unquote adult baby clothing. Yeah. Um, like they constantly have uh Sydney with these giant bangs that go it's like so nearly down past yeah. her eyebrows. <laughs> the front of her head is like a helmet and it's like supposed to like give this like endearing look of like I'm just a teenager with like long bangs and weird hair. <laughs> I never understood. I just I thought they could do better, but mm-hmm. with the hair, but everything else is perfect. Yeah, because she did not have those bangs in the craft, which I think they yeah. shot like the same no. year. And have you all seen Wild Things? No, no. I haven't. Oh my God, <laughs> ladies, wake up. Wake up, It's like it's in between Scream and um, Showgirls. Okay. Oh, wow. Kevin Bacon. Um, Nev Campbell, Denise Richards. Oh, yeah, Denise Richards, right? Yeah. This is like Denise Richards' iconic, like teenage mm-hmm. hot heart 
throb, whatever. We're, yeah. we're talking about Scream. <laughs> we should get into Scream. Yeah, I think we should just dive <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, let's jump in. Top of the movie, we open up with the famous, renowned Drew Barrymore. She answers the phone. The caller is like, oh, who is this? She's like, who is this? You called me. <laughs> I, I, I would never ask who I'm calling, but I actually do this all the time. Oh, really? I actually forget who I'm calling, and then I immediately say, who is this, mm. as soon as someone answers. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't think the murderer has the same... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking me. those two situations are a bit different, but they could be the same. Um, <laughs> and they just kind of go back and forth. Like, she's very coy, and she's like, who is this? Um, with her little <laughs> That's mouth. a good impression, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was an incredible impression. Because she really does have that, like, Slightless. I don't know why West Crepe. Yeah. yeah, Wes Craven loves to do, like, the sexy baby, like, oh, who, my Lord, who's yeah. calling me? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just eating my baby food. Like, what's wrong? Um, but so she's like, you have the wrong number. He calls her back after they hang up, and he's like, I'm sorry. Rude. Hey, let me talk Rude. to you for a minute. And she's like, no thanks. They have 900 numbers for that. <laughs> And which is so old world. Yeah. I know. I was like 900, no, not an 800 number. Only 90s babies yeah. will know. She she also <laughs> says the words take it easy and one of these phone calls beforehand, which is like such unheard dialect now. Yeah. No one would ever say, hey, take it easy. Also, it's a landline. So we've already got like <laughs> yeah. so many, so dated. Yeah. But she starts making her little stove popcorn. And she gets another call. And at this point, I'm simply like, stop answering the fucking phone. Yeah. Don't yeah, answer the phone. She doesn't have, you could, I, I, honestly, at this point, you could just die. You could just like, you just be murdered <laughs> and not even have to have the whole conversation. The whole rigmarole of it all. Yeah. yeah. The cat and mouse that's happening. <laughs> but yeah, she, yeah, and it's just, she decides to like entertain this, this random man that's calling her. And he's like, Oh, like, what are you cooking? Cause he hears the popcorn and she's like, Oh, I'm making popcorn <laughs> to watch a scary movie. And so he asks like what her favorite scary movie is. And she eventually decides on Halloween. And he says that his, I think he says his is nightmare on Elm street. Cause then they talk about Freddy Krueger for like a little bit. Yeah. I think she's like, Oh, is it nightmare on Elm street? And he's like, Oh, Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah. So then he asks if she has a boyfriend and like creepy. If I had somehow got to this point where I'm still talking to this person, this is when I would hang up. Mm-hmm. But she keeps going. <laughs> it always makes me uncomfortable when someone asks me if I'm single because clearly if I'm I'm always like giving out or like putting out is what I should say. <laughs> I'm always putting out, so it should be very clear that I have no one. Oh and my like God. For, if. If you're asking me if I have someone, I've made myself unavailable and you're not welcome. Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, oh, actors, if you don't want anyone to ask you about your work, if somebody asks you, just say, oh, I can't really talk about it yet. And I think I'm going to start doing that with my dating life. If anyone asks and be like, oh, I, I just, I can't really talk about it yet. It's a little too early for yeah. that. <laughs> it's a very confidential. Yeah. Let's get back to the subject at hand here. Yeah. Drew is playing a cat and mouse game with this killer who is becoming more and more agitated as she becomes less flirty and intolerant she 
is kind of entertaining it at first, and eventually it comes to a halt where the killer says, "You better do, do something right, bitch," or <laughs> something like that, in a very typical, uh, you know, way. Now, backstory, little side note: it's um, Roger L. Jackson is the voice. Yeah, I saw of that. The killer, mm-hmm. the same voice as Mojo Jojo on yes. Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> and. Um, Wes Craven, during the entire filming of the movie, never let any of the castmates or any other person on the movie besides Wes Craven and the technical like recording people meet Roger L. Wow. Jackson. He wanted oh the mystery and the like the scariness to mm. build. So I love that. Okay, and then also really fucked up. Um, Wes Craven knew that Drew Barrymore was a staunch. Um, I don't know how to say it, like animal enthusiast. And there had been an animal murder at the, in real life during the filming of the initial filming of the scene. Oh. And so Wes Craven would come out. It was about a man burning a dog. Oh, and the Wes Craven would come out with a lighter and say, Drew, remember what he did? And would light a lighter in front of her, and that's how he she he would entice her into crying. So for those few initial Whoa. scenes, before she was delivering, Wes Craven started doing this. Now this kind of shit is obviously fucked up, yeah. but so typical in Hollywood. Yeah. This is like, you know, um, Dancer in the Dark. Bjork, Gus Van Sant would literally spit in Bjork's yeah. face. They would they would scream at each other. That shit's crazy. Shelley Long yeah. in The Shining, fucking getting literally like emotionally abused to the point of going mentally ill during the recording of The Shining. Yeah. So yeah, Drew Barrymore just kind of does this cat and mouse thing back and forth, and it, eventually he reveals he's the killer reveals he's there, and we're not surprised. But we are surprised that when she turns her porch light on, that her precious boyfriend is tied up to a chair steve yeah something yeah yeah steve's tied up to a chair he looks like vince vaughn's counterpart in swingers Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though his mouth is bound that's what i'm getting (laughs) yeah um and so the killer starts to begin asking questions so he's like i'm going to ask a question and if you get it right steve lives so he asks her who the killer in Halloween is. She is like freaking out. He's like, come on, come on, think about it. And she says, Michael Myers, she gets it right. But her next question is who the killer in Friday the 13th is. And she is like, this woman is unwell. She's like really <laughs> going through something. She's emotionally disturbed because her boyfriend is tied up outside and she's being taunted by a killer. Yeah, it's certainly. not like it's not like she's she cannot it's not like think she's just straight. like going through a breakup. It's she's just, just in a- like a silly goofy mood. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like <laughs> she's like, um fucking Jason and He's like, no, that was a trick question. It's his mother, Mrs. It's Voorhees. His mom. Yeah. yeah. And she's very creepy. She's like whispering things. Ugh. And she's the <laughs> caller is like, all right, well, Steve's out of the game, um, but you have a bonus round. She so says Steve didn't really make it and then <laughs> reveals Steve's guts, guts? hanging oh, out. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't forget about the goddamn guts. Pretty guts are falling out. The killer loves disemboweling, ripping all the box. <laughs> well, this is so graphic, but yeah, literally disemboweling. Like it's not even just like stab stab. It's literally like let me get some like product going here. Let me get some like technique into it. <laughs> One of the characters later on says, "How were they killed?" And he says, "From groin to sternum is how they're cut." Mm-hmm. So I mean that's. It's fucked. It's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's crap. It's it's so yeah. hard to hear. <laughs> Apparently, the movie was so messy with all the blood during recording. It would take hours just to clean up. Oh, the uh, yeah, piles of caked on. Especially if you had to do reshoots. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I think they shot this in only like eight weeks or something ridiculous like that. Like that's really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the um, as soon as the movie was finished, the screen, the Kevin Williamson, the screenplay writer immediately wrote a five-page version for Scream 2 that was approved the next day. Wow. Because of the success of the initial Scream. Which Holy was, shit. Go off, King. He also wrote Vampire Diaries. Wake up. Oh, my Isn't God. I loved that show. Holy shit. I've never That's seen insane. it, but like in passing, but yeah. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, so. Um, well. So basically, they have one more bonus round. The killer's like, Thank God. don't worry. Bonus round for you. And at this point, Casey is the gears are turning. She's trying to, you know, she's using fight or flight instinct. She grabs this letter opener on the desk where she's hiding. And he asks her the final question, which is what door am I at? The front door or the back door? She's like a mess. She can't even answer him. She doesn't get the words out. And he chucks a chair through the patio doors like the french doors and casey just screams she gets up she hides just outside of the back door and at this point we're outside we see her parents car driving up this incredibly long driveway just excruciatingly long driveway no it's like it's like they live like seven miles outside of the normal highway of any normal town yeah it's all shot in Sonoma, so it's like oh, really? all Sonoma. Yeah, it's all like Sonoma countryside little houses. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so she gets, um, yeah, she's outside and she decides to crawl underneath the window and see if she can get to this driveway, get to her parents in time. But she stops when she sees her dead boyfriend, just like totally, you know, body is destroyed. And looks at the window that she's in front of. And at that point, the killer just turns to see her and like breaks the glass. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like he first, he like, it's the backside of his hood. Yeah. And then he turns around and then smashes the window through. It's kind of comical. Yeah. He like grabs her wrist and they kind of like struggle for a bit before she punches him and gets away. She is like bolting out, trying to scream she's for help. She's almost making it. Yeah, she's so close, she's so but then he close. catches up. Also, I want to note that it. I want to note that it looks absolutely beautiful at this time of night. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, it's really foggy, it's like romantic. kind of dewy. Yeah, yeah. She's like running. She's like, <laughs> but it's like honestly beautiful. If you took her away, totally romantic scene. Yeah, literally could be stars hollow. Anyway, but instead um, he decides to stab her like in the throat. Um, yeah, so a little less, a little cute. different. Yeah, yeah. The 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 visual slows down and it turns into slow motion as she begins to get stabbed. And she's still holding a, the cell phone or the landline at this point. Mm. And she's being stabbed to death. And she 
with her last breath goes mommy and the like her mom is like crying on the phone trying to locate her her parents have arrived to the mess that their house is and she goes baby and then <laughs> finally they go they go outside and they discover uh she the father's like urging her to leave the house the mom mm-hmm. and they go outside and they discover her daughter and the mom goes ah! and lets out this crippling scream and it shows drew barrymore's like guts pulled out and she's like hanging up from a tree and then the logo scream comes up wow yikes what an opener my god i'm scared i'm shivering in my uh onesie muumuu dress right now as we talk about it (laughs) it is pretty bold that they kill the most like famous at that time character like in the first no that was incredible yeah yeah no that that was unheard of Mm -hmm. to hire someone in that kind of position just immediately murder her oh yeah and she was on like all of the promo she was on all the posters and they just bamboozled everybody um it's very cool so uh, just uh, not to be uh, no spoiler but (laughs) skeet ulrich the actor went on to reveal the killer in the movie or in the press before the movie was released <gasps> um which was obviously so fucked up yeah but apparently not enough people noticed i won't you know i don't want to spoil whoever's listening to this but mm. it's pretty uh pretty big pretty big moment wow mm-hmm. so time time for sydney our our main girl uh she's just playing on her damn computer like it's 1996 <laughs> which it is it's yes. like war games in here <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> um and as a cameo to the original nightmare on elm street um you have the moment of suspense where you think someone's about to jump into a room and it's her boyfriend mm. which happened in the first movie with johnny depp yeah and that's when um her dad sydney's dad hears like sydney scream because someone has just come through her window so she ends up Not like cool yeah she ends up like jamming the door with uh she heard bedroom door and her closet door like right next to each other so when the closet door is open it will like jam the bedroom door incredible technique yeah I i've know. never I've ne- i never would have thought yeah i feel like that's also featured in like a, a princess diaries kind of movie i feel like she does the same thing yeah it's a, it's a medieval <laughs> yeah. um tactic to keep your parents out of your space i love shador yeah but the, it gives time ta- it gives um her boyfriend Billy some time to hide and basically Sydney's dad is like hey just so you know like I'm gonna be out of town for a couple of days I'm gonna be staying at the Hilton by the airport like here's some money (laughs) he's a very yeah he's a very also like hot kind of just yeah run-of-the-mill dad he looks like the thing that confuses me though is he looks like he's a carpenter like when he's standing in yeah. front of, yeah. he's like got home from work late like he's not wearing a suit he's not wearing like he's a, wearing white like a flannel shirt, or something and he's yeah. like gotta go to this expo i'm gonna be at the hilton and they have a beautiful house tatum Insane is like your house. dad's always taking the business <laughs> trips no sense yeah so okay so Back to the story at hand. Literally, no uh, Billy Sydney's really hot boyfriend. Yeah, really what the hot fuck? Nineties. <laughs> he is hot nineties like, parting cut, and he's still so hot to this day. So handsome. I'm like, right, Billy, my man. Get get out. Go model somewhere. Get out of this small town. What's, his, what's the actor's name? What's the actor's name? Because I that was like one thing I just didn't think about. Skeet um, Ulrich. Ulrich. I don't really know how it's pronounced, but he is still so fine. He was on Riverdale. I don't think that. I, and he I still looks Skeet great. Ulrich. 
I thought Skeet Ulrich was the other character's name. Stu? Or the other actor. <laughs> Stu. Wait, what's what's the actor? Yeah, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I have the brain of a tiny, <laughs> tiny fly. I love Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Uh, how would they ever know that he was going to be shaggy? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like drag racers going by outside of me. <laughs> anyway so he's like flirty he's basically like babe like why won't you give it up to me yet it's been like kind of a while since your mom died um which is like a really uh, kind of inflammatory immediate drop um you're kind of like ooh, how has city's mom died like Mm -hmm. this is this is already an element of the plot line and yeah, this his middle part would never be sexy on anyone today. No. If anyone if anyone tried to watch look like that, they would they would look like a goon. They'd look like a e boy. Like yeah. I feel like that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like young blood or whatever his name is. I feel like he would do that. Mm. The only people that are successfully pulling off this kind of haircut today are like um, like really hot K pop stars. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Who can like actually emulate um, the cool hairstyles of yesteryear, not like every <laughs> dandy in the US. <laughs> so she gives him a kiss and tells him to have a good night. <laughs> I loved that. It was so cute. I was like, wow, a little peace before all the murder. Truly. So then the next day we are at the high school. It is just like absolute chaos. There's newscasters, there's police officers, like it's insane. And that's when Sydney sees Gail Weathers, Ah! AKA a young Miss Courtney Cox reporting on the brutal murder last night. So hot. Courtney Cox is one of the most beautiful women of all time. Yeah. Um, And so funny. Um, So she requested that her role be bitchy. Mm-hmm. To West Craven because she was tired of being uptight Monica in yeah. Friends. I mean, she's really love how like literally she has zero scruples in this entire movie, <laughs> and she's like, I, I'm I'm going to fuck the cop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to fuck the cop. That looks. She's immediately flirts with Dewey, played by David Arquette, who. I had it, had it written down well, too. Well, that's how they met because they were married for like a while. I think they met oh on this movie. Oh my god! And that and that is when Rose McGowan, as Tatum Riley, comes up to Sydney and uh, basically tells her that Casey and Steve were murdered last night. They were ripped open end to end. <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. <laughs> like, did you hear about our classmates? They were Getting literally murdered? ripped up. Yeah. <laughs> I have the hottest goss of the year. Um, Look, I'm in this my shortest skirt for a reason. <laughs> my classmates were murdered, okay? <laughs> also, I don't know why they give the hottest girl in the movie the name Tatum. Oh, I thought it was kind of cute. It's like a boyish, like Carly. Why don't you just call her Tater? Hey, Tater. <laughs> She's like literally, yeah, but whatever. I mean, Tatum could be cute. Yeah. <laughs> She pulls it off, I think. I mean, Rose McGowan, iconic era. This is the moment. Mm -hmm. This is her. You know, this is great. Yeah. Rose McGowan today, so annoying. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they go into class. It's during the school day, but everyone is being interviewed um, by the cops and the sheriff. So it's Sydney's turn. She gets called into the office. We see Dewey, David Arquette, 
um, the sheriff, the principal, they're all in here. Who's the principal? What's the actor's name? Oh, <laughs> Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler. Yeah. Yes. So hysterical. Such I've never seen genius. him that young in any. I've only ever seen him like older and stuff. So I was taken oh aback. Oh, my God. Such a great casting. He's hysterical. I find his character to be very interesting. And we'll get into that later. But like, so when she comes in, she's about to come in and he's just like, we should just take it easy on her. Like her dad is out of town. Like she's been through so much already. Like he's very understanding towards Sydney's situation. What situation we don't know yet. Yeah. But she comes in and they ask her a couple of questions. They give her the ease because obviously she they kind of allude that she's been yeah. through it. It's the nineties. They said take it easy. Well, take it easy here. <laughs> and Dewey is like, Don't call me Dewey here, Sid. I got this badge on. I'm deputy. Uh, whatever his last name is. Riley. Yeah. Deputy he's like, Riley. Okay, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> the way she says it's so degrading. She's staying at our house tonight, so we have to go, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> like, like, don't embarrass me much. Also, he looks clearly like 30, not 25. Oh my god, he looks way older. Yeah. So where where are we go oh, now? Oh yeah, the so, water fountain. Yeah, love the water fountain. They're all chilling, just talking about how brutal the murders were, and also how great that like every we get today off, school's off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, fuck those classmates that died. But yeah. now we get like hang by the water fountain in like the coolest, cutest, most Dawson's Creek way. Yeah, it's very like clueless when they're all just like hanging out in the yeah. opening montage. <laughs> I love. Um, so you know they're they're hanging out, having the best time at this fountain, mm-hmm. and um, Sydney is like, I just don't get how somebody could do that, like how someone could murder somebody like that. And Stu is like describing it in detail. He's like, Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Ripped Stu from says the whole gr- groin, the groin to, to yeah. the to the sternum, which is just like such a ugh. yeah. It's such a hor- putting that in that terms just makes it all the more dehumanized Mm -hmm. and she's like bro didn't you used to date casey and he's like yeah yeah for like a minute (laughs) for two weeks until she she dumped me for steve yeah and then rose mcgowan's character tatey tatum goes (laughs) i thought you broke up with her for me yikes total sadness i would Mm love side note i would love to see this made as a theatrical movie or a theatrical like like a theater Mm-hmm. Like a you know, like a play, a play. A play. Yes, <laughs> really looking for the words there. <laughs> so Sid gets home, calls Tatum, and asking if she can stay over since her dad is out of town. She says with the police and the reporter, she's having deja vu. And Tatum says she'll pick her up after practice. So obviously, we're already again referencing some something bad happened with Sydney's mom, mm-hmm. and it, it involves the police. Yeah. And uh, so um, Sydney packs herself an overnight bag and starts watching TV. But all that's on the news reports is what what's about like what just recently happened. So, of course, she's disturbed. She stops on Gail's report, which talks about um, um, the town's other violent crime, Marie Prescott, Sydney's mom, who was found raped and murdered in her home. So now we're revealed the the titular backstory mm-hmm. of Sydney Prescott yeah. she's a survivor her mom has died and been brutally murdered in the worst way mm-hmm. Sydney turns off the TV and tries to shake it off and is just like 
So she curls up on the couch as the sun sets and she kind of like kind of falls asleep and then she wakes up because she gets a call from Tatum at 7.15 and she tells her that practice ran late but she's on her way and tells her that she's going to stop at the video store for a Tom Cruise movie. I mean, what are we talking? Cocktail? <laughs> What's available at this time? Mission Impossible hasn't come out I yet. I forgot the film Vanilla. she Gun? Is it Top Vanilla, Gun? Vanilla Sky hasn't come out. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. Um, but so she wakes up from this nap and after she hangs up from the call she just had with Tatum, there's another call and immediately Sydney's like, just get your ass over here. But guess who it is? It's the murder. Um, she thinks it's Randy just playing a joke. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, this isn't Randy. I'm on the front porch. And she is like very bold in this moment. She's like, I'm calling your bluff. She's mm-hmm. strong. She, I would never, could never be me. No. I'll be in the basement yeah. with a gun pointed towards the ceiling. I'm not an investigator. I'm not no. following any leads. No. I'm hiding. I'm sheltering I'm not in a place. Detective. I'm not a fucking, what's her name? In this situation, I'm an investigator. I have a metal baseball bat right by my door. And if I hear something, I'm going out there and making sure <laughs> things are not astray. She checks yes, on the porch yes. and he's not there, which is incredibly brave. So she's like looking around the audacity. She's like, oh, yeah, if you can see me, what am I doing? Puts her finger in her nose. Disgusting. Like, oh, what am I doing? What am I up to? If you can see me, I'm like. <laughs> At this point, I would literally out. would have put my fi- I would literally would have put my finger in my ass and been like, what am I doing then? <laughs> you can't tell. You don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So when he doesn't <laughs> say anything, she's like about to hang up, but then he just like flips a switch and is like, I'm going to fucking kill you like your mom Ugh. if you hang up on me. Horrible. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Let's talk about the trauma. Trauma central. <laughs> Demi, Lo- Demi Lovato would be talking to this ghost oh asking God. about its trauma. I, oh my God. My readers are picking up something. <laughs> so she, she says like, fuck you and goes back inside but this the killer is waiting for her. He like wrestles her to the ground. He's about to Horror. stab her when she like it's not even fun wrestling. No, not at all. She like kicks him off, runs up the stairs to her room and like locks the door, jams it with the handy closet door. Incredible technique. And like tries to call 911. The phone doesn't work. The lines are down. She ends up like Typing 911 on the computer to call them? I did not know you could do this. Are y'all, do y'all not remember AIM? Oh, I didn't know I could call 911 though. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't, I don't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that either, but I mean, like, clearly she's like on like the earliest version of AOL Instant Messenger. Mm -hmm. It's so funny the way she does that. There's like an (laughs) operator like patching the phone lines together. If I put 911 as a post on Seeking Derangement's Twitter, someone would literally say, fuck you, (laughs) or someone, (laughs) someone would say ACAB to me. Um, no one would pick up that this is an emergency. I feel like you need a, a registered counselor to address your issue. I just love also, side note that, that this movie has any emphasis on the cops being the good guys and able to do anything. And I they put do feel like David- there is like a very distinct difference in movies between cops and like the, the sheriff and like the deputy and like the small town like. I don't, I, it is the police, I suppose, but they wear like a tan uniform, like Reno 911. <laughs> like, we don't think of them yeah, as like goofy, comical. Yeah, it's always you don't think like a of goofy them as sheriff. Like, yeah, I, I guess you don't really apply the, the serious 
um, plight of society and with the police <laughs> to uh, to like uh, your everyday movie, especially when it, in the nineties. I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie, honestly. Mm. I'm just I'm just being provocative posting it. <laughs> I would love if you posted nine one one on the Twitter now because I'm very curious what the actual replies would be. <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, in the event of a of a little of a little just fun of a little social experiment, <laughs> I will tweet live right now nine one one. Is this is this gonna is this gonna is this gonna be too psycho? <laughs> Let's no, just I'll, I'll just give funny. it a try. I'll just give it a try. It's it's free, for y'all. This is pretty funny. The listeners out there are probably like, "Wow, we will never make it to this movie." <laughs> so while we're waiting for some results in our nine one one department, I'll I'll pick up where um, basically she just narrowly escapes the murder and just coincidentally billy climbs up the trevis or whatever the fuck he's the climbing trellis. up on the side of the sonote yeah tra- you know what i was trying to say something's coming out of my mouth it's slurs not it's slurred not slurs <laughs> but but anyway um so billy climbs up the window like immediately after really suspiciously yeah and it's like oh my god like what's wrong baby i i heard something crazier <laughs> and she she immediately drops uh, uh everything because a phone falls out of billy's pocket a burner i phone. love that in the in the note yeah i love in the note that it says burner phone but literally this is just a cell phone <laughs> yes, of the time I, I was realizing that when they went to the sheriff's office well, which happens next and he's like son what are you doing with a cellular phone and I was like excuse him yeah I guess phones were just not that popular at the time yeah but, I mean if you're a rich kid in Sonoma California mm. chances are your parents could afford a cellular mm. phone yeah even at the astrological price of an early 90s cell phone. Yeah. But regardless, at this point, Sydney thinks that he's the killer, like runs back, runs away, runs to the front door. And immediately when she runs to the front door, she sees the killer's mask, which is pulled down to be Dewey holding it up, <laughs> saying that he found it on the porch. He's making his stupid little like uh, scared squirrel acorn face. <laughs> and... um she runs downstairs and they arrest Billy immediately after this too. And Billy asked the sheriff to call his father and he didn't do it. So not very Miranda rights friendly. Mm-hmm. We've got another case on our hands <laughs> on the side note of this movie. <laughs> At this point, the sheriff tells Dewey that Sydney is tougher than she looks and goes over to speak to her in the ambulance. They ask her to come down to the station to answer more questions, which immediately Tatum finally miraculously yeah. shows up from practice. I don't know and what this bitch took so long. I mean, what, what kind of practice is this? I mean, get a grip. I assumed it was cheer. A girl like Tatum, probably in the cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> They ask her, yeah, so she goes down to the station. Uh, Dewey shows the sheriff's scream costume he just found as Gail Weather shows up to the scene and comments that this is a mask you could get in any store mm-hmm. across the state in every Halloween store. Yeah. So the real inspiration for the mask actually came uh, during scouting for a location when they went to someone's house and they saw a, a Halloween mask that was hung up on the wall. I like that at all. As a decoration. Oh, wow. At, what, for whatever reason at a house. And they had them take a picture of it 
they had the costume designer make an imitation of the mask that didn't break whatever copyright. Yeah. And then that's where the scream mask came from. Wow. I love that. And then they burnt the picture and they never showed the real, like the inspiration. Oh. Spooky. Spooky. Meanwhile, Gail Weathers approaches the scene in her little skirt suit. Um, she her only neon wears- green yes. <laughs> skirt yes. suit. Only matching skirts and jackets for Gail in this entire movie. She's like a Dallas real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like out here, like literally trying to run alongside Sydney's car and being like, Sid, Sydney, are you in there? Can you answer a couple of questions? As if that would make her pull over. Yeah. Come on. You're, um, you're, she's about to pull a Princess Diana. Like, back up. Yeah. Little, she's she's girl bossing a bit too close to the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Literally my problem every day. <laughs> so she ends up um, going over to Tatum. But Tatum's like, why don't you fuck off? You're a pain in the ass. Leave Sydney alone. And then Gail takes out her aggression on her sweet little cameraman, Kenny. And she's like, look, Kenny, I know you're 50 pounds overweight, but when I tell you to hurry, please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now. No. Can I can I please say it how she really says it? Yeah, she yeah. Cut, cut out that impression, <laughs> Christina. Okay. Look, Kenny, I know you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry... Please interpret that as move your fat <laughs> tub of Lord ass now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like a very Taylor line. I yeah. have to deliver it as much as possible. Thank you. I, I love that. I loved your performance. I, I should have been an actress. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier than podcasting. I that much. I, I, every day I question my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We're like teetering on the line of, uh, of reality and complete um oh i'm delusional <laughs> oh i'm hella delusional i'm sitting in a garfield dress midday drinking soda of a tiny class doing dabs uh, oh wait what's the 911 how's that going it's, yeah we could check on that so status report two likes okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how much people would care if you ever get like in a situation, know that this is not the answer out. <laughs> like no one will reach out. <laughs> what a bunch of dinguses. These people, I could be <laughs> being choked up. There you go. I just gave it a third up. like. Hopefully they'll get the traction going. <laughs> fine, fine. Thank God. Oh, that a like. One I want like someone to comment like shorty fire burning on the dance floor. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if they're clever enough, people are people yeah. are so dumb on our fucking Twitter. I would I wouldn't expect it. So we go to the police station where Dewey is making some calls. He's trying to find Sydney's dad, but he's not registered at the Hilton. Like he said, he would be suspicious, dude. Okay, my honest immediate thought is that he's just fucking someone. He's just embarrassed. Mm, really? I mean, I kind of. I mean, like. You know, I, I'm thinking for the perspective that he hasn't had a woman in his life for a long time and Sydney would probably be uncomfortable with the idea of a new mother yeah, or a new woman in his life. Just and one so- calendar year after the brutal <laughs> murder of her mom. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe so. I don't know. I mean, it, could be, it sounds like the plot line of a romantic comedy Lifetime movie. <laughs> My wife was brutally murdered until I met Sandra Bullock as <laughs> J.C. Penny. <laughs> Sandra Bullock as J.C. Yeah. Penny. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in this romantic comedy. <laughs> okay. And okay, it's like seven o'clock, but she's back to back with JC Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sandra Bullock has J.C. Penny. I'm sorry. Please go ahead, Christy. No, but I can't wait for the myriad of uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood people that obviously listen to this podcast to steal this idea, and we're going to yeah. see They'll it. They'll be year. so lucky. Sorry, we got to get back on topic. I'm like too drunk. I had one glass of wine. Meanwhile, Billy is being questioned by the sheriff, and they ask why did you have a cellular telephone? And he's like, everyone has the man. Like, I didn't make that call. And they ask why he was at Sydney's house. And he's like, because uh, she's my girlfriend. And um, they asked why he was there last night too. And if he decided to stop by Casey's house on the way. And Billy is like, absolutely not. Like, I didn't kill anybody. I'm a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Who, me? His father is also like, you were at Kate- you were at um Sydney's house last night? Yeah. And his dad's like, oh, ruh uh, Like, I don't what? know about him anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his dad d- does not seem like he either cares nor loves his son. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty normal for Sonoma businessman type <laughs> that he is. Yeah. Um. So the sheriff is like, all right, well, we have to hold you until we get a hold of your phone records to see if you called Casey mm-hmm. or Sydney. And Billy's like, this is crazy. I didn't do it. And then looks out the window into like the bullpen and just is like staring at Sydney. And Sydney is wearing this cop's jacket with these like glossy, beautiful tears. Yeah. Um, she looks kind of cool at that one moment. <laughs> I, I wrote down. That's where the bangs work. Yeah. I wrote down bangs looking cool. <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh! Wow, I well, love that you, we all took a synchronized sip just now. <laughs> the listeners couldn't see that, but we unplanned all took a sip at the immediate same time, as as if we had fi- made such progress in the two seconds of us getting back on topic. <laughs> and we deserved the extra sip. Oh we deserve nothing. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, okay. 4 a.m., we're like two scenes deep. <laughs> so crazy. Um, okay, so let's let's go. Let's where are we? <laughs> outside, we're outside the police station. It's you. Okay, so Gail is outside of the uh, police station at this point in her neon bright green suit mm-hmm. that looks like something you would get from Spirit Halloween, dressing <laughs> up as a sexy ghoul. <laughs> I love Spirit Halloween. They take any abandoned space during mm-hmm. October and turn it into a store. It's scary. It's like it's, it's like where are they keeping? all this stuff year round i mean it's like santa's workshop (laughs) (laughs) literally okay so um at this point um she's just like gail's just out there trying to do her little report thing billy tries to talk to sydney as he's being carted away to the back but she won't even look at him Dewey talks to the sheriff about how the ghost face costume is sold everywhere. I misquoted and said that this was happening earlier. They can't track the purchase and they pulled Billy's phone records, but they won't know for sure until tomorrow. Tatum agrees with Dewey about letting them leave and he takes them to the out to the back. Um, I do want to just say that like if he had an iPhone, iPhone would be like, actually, we like don't disclose that. Really? So... Luckily, we didn't have any rights at this point. Mm. I think that I, yeah, like Apple was like, we're, this is like a monumentous announcement. Like, we're not releasing anyone's phone records. Oh my God. I could be, I'm drunk. I could be like not making sense right now. 
Okay. I feel like every cop show I've ever seen, that's the first thing they do. They're like, pull phone records. Yeah, I think that's like murder 101. Like, don't use a phone. Like, if you can get, if you could like kind of get the phone away. I think, well, I think the phone records are through the the phone provider, but I think Apple's like, you can't like look through messages. Like, we oh. won't pull messages for you. Like, if you confiscate the phone and have a warrant, like you can search it, but we won't like, pull messages for you mm. that's so cool that apple cares about our uh data but it's not part about of apple slave care. labor <laughs> yeah it's part of, they're like okay everybody look we're gonna we're not gonna release your this private information um but we're gonna continue with the slave labor that's not stopping but yeah, we will still keep your phone labor in so. um the dr mining for whatever like thing makes your phone work <laughs> what's that thing called um silicon no it's like celadon salad are you trying to say salad is that what makes the iphone work anyway yes we <laughs> edit this part out too sorry, and outside sorry. of the precinct gail weathers is like oh i just remembered there's a secret back door to the precinct so she turns and runs up on sydney and tatum and she's like, Sydney, Sydney, can we like get a few words with you? Whatever. And Sydney's like, looking like her stare could split this woman in two. Mm-hmm. She's like, How's the book going, Gail? And Gail's like, It's coming out early next year. And she's like, I'll have to look out for it. And Gail's like, I'll send you a copy. And at that point, Sydney uses the power of her fist, but also of the momentum from spinning around. Mm-hmm. To fucking punch Gail in the face so the hard. The ultimate right hook. It's the hottest right yeah. hook you could give out. And the, the noise is like so audible. It's like. Yeah, <laughs> punch that shook the Ethernet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so after this, we go to Tatum's house. And Tatum is just like gushing over how amazing the punch was. They're having a little sleepover. And yeah, they're in their bed in the most like infantile outfits possible. Yeah, I know. Tatum is like wearing movie. like cloud like matching top and bottom pajamas in like bunny slippers. And she has two twin I'm beds like, she in fucks. her room. Like, she has sex. Yeah, she doesn't even have a sister. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucked up. Something's wrong here. <laughs> so that's when Dewey comes in and he offers Sydney ice for her hand. And Tatum asks Sydney if she really thinks that Billy did it. And Sydney's like, I mean, yeah, he was there, Tatum. And that's when Tatum's mom comes in and she's like, oh, Sydney, you have a phone call. So Sydney takes the call. I just have to say that Tatum's mom seems completely abysmal to the entire situation that's going on. This girl is clearly a Mr. Murderer. And she's like, oh, there's a phone call for you. (laughs) Sydney, the guy won. Sydney, you're with your only friend. She's like answering the call. She's like, I want to talk to Sydney. And she's like, oh my God. I I love she's my right daughter's here. little friends. Yeah, she's right so over here. So rude, you. I'll get the phone, but have a little manners. She's uh, Italian now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what ethnicity that was. Yeah, so obviously it's the it's the killer that's calling her. And um, he's like, oh, you fingered the wrong guy again. <gasps> that means... that. Yeah, big bombshell. Yes. And says that she'll find out who he is soon enough. At this point, 
There's a news report about how Sydney was attacked in her home and her how her mother was assaulted and murdered by a local named Cotton Weary. Okay, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, this is who, like the next morning. I don't know who's yeah. writing these fucking names. Yeah, Cotton Weary Cotton- does not sound like a real name. I also was like, I was like, are we in like this is Atticus Finch? This is to I kill a mockingbird. I was about to say, I was like, who's who's the other murderer? Cotton Weary is being tried today. Don't try anything silly. Like it's insane. It's insane. I'm like, there's like a Colonel Sanders in this movie right now. So you're you're finding out that Cotton Weary is a pu- supposedly a p- responsible for Sydney's mother's death, but he's yeah. currently waiting appeal for the death sentence he got. And um, you know, Sydney was the key witness. It's basically, like Chicago. Mm-hmm. Dewey tells Sid that Billy was released, and his phones check out, checked out. They're clock cross referencing her and Casey's phone records, but it'll take some time. And yeah, yeah. So we're at school at this mm-hmm. point. We flashed to school immediately. Mm-hmm. You sound like you're like pissed off about the transition. You're like, we're at school yeah, now. Yeah, I, 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 I did write. I did write. I did write. These transitions are terrible in this movie until I realized that whatever free service I was watching it on had edited the movie. <gasps> oh, no. With, 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 with like little sequences oh meant God. for advertisements. Oh, but they didn't put advertisements. We watched Jennifer's Body, and we were watching like totally different movies. She was watching I the saw, director's. I cut. saw the director's cut apparently, so I have all these notes she about saw, scenes like, that Mo is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so Sydney is immediately harassed by reporters when she gets to school that day, but Dewey kind of protects her. He like fends them off, and then she spots Gail putting concealer on her black eye, and Gail's like, "Stay back." But Sydney's like, no, I just need to talk to you off the record. And Gail's like, um, I don't owe you anything. And she's like, you owe my mother. And Gail's like, all right, Kenny, stand down. <laughs> Gail is like talking to her about her mom's case. And she's like, you know, someone was going to cover that anyway. Like, I was just the one who got the story. And Sydney's like, yeah, but your story was like full of shit. And she's like. I don't think so. She says, who cares? Cotton Weary is going to get gassed anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's is, like, yeah. that's what you wanted, isn't it? And like, basically, we hear that like Cotton Weary is on death row and her writing her book won't change that. Yeah. And Sydney's like, but you're the one who ran a bunch of like stories calling me a liar. And Gail is like, well, yeah, I do think that you falsely identified Cotton and that his story has never changed in all the times that I've spoken to him. He said that they had sex, but he didn't kill her. And he was drunk and left his coat at their house afterwards. And Sydney's like, no, I saw him wearing the coat when when he left. And she's like, well, you saw someone wearing the coat. And that person framed him. And you know what? Sydney's kind of like, she's like, oh, she's unsure. Yep. And Sydney's like, no, Cotton murdered my mother. And Gail can like clearly tell that she's not so sure anymore and says that these murders are definitely related. So that's when Sydney and Tatum like walk off and Gail. That's so spooky. Yeah. 
And Gail immediately gushes to Kenny and she's like, oh my God, this is such a juicy story. We're going to find some proof like this could save Cotton's life, which would do wonders for my book sale. <laughs> Literally, she's like, okay, back to girl boss moment. This will do good for the book sale. I will follow up on these murders that are actively going on, which I could definitely get mixed up and killed in. Uh, worth the book sale. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back at school, everybody, and they're at their lockers, and Tatum tells Sid she wants her to meet her, like, here, right after school, like, at the lockers. Sid asks Stu if he's been seeing uh, Billy or if, like, you know, what, like what's going on with Billy, and Stu's like, yeah, he's heartbroken, <laughs> and so everyone heads into their classes, and Sid runs into Billy. She tells him that she doesn't think it's him anymore, which I still think she does think it is him but because she got a call from the killer and uh she got it so basically while he's in jail she got a call she's too stupid to think there might be two murderers no doy she asked him to understand where she's coming from and he tells her that his girlfriend would rather think he's a psycho killer than have him touch her ever oh my god such an incel shit yes Yeah. yeah Yeah. So an applause noise at this moment. This whole thing with like Billy being like, I like, I want you to fuck me, but like I want you to like feel safe. Like you don't have to fuck me. Like I'll still date you. He's like an insane, like psycho psychotic bitch. He's your incel. He's he's your run-of-the-mill incel. He's someone you met from Tinder that you fucked once that you think that you Yeah, he's just this guy's a loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote down feminist undertones for an entire movie. So this whole time, yeah. all mm-hmm. this misogynist dialogue, misogynistic dialogue is going on, and pretty much everything bad is happening to every woman in the entire mm-hmm. movie. There's not like, really not like a really happy story for any woman in the story. Yeah, Sydney's mom was literally murdered and raped to death. There's just no happiness for women in this. And then finally, Sydney comes in on top out of all of this after everything mm-hmm. and is like a survivor yeah and like the whole theme of the movie is like being a survivor i don't know i thought it was like some i don't know why i kept writing feminist undertones there's a lot of them <laughs> there are yeah i yeah. agree with that mm-hmm. i feel like is Wes craven is equally as misogynistic in his dialogue he puts a feminist undertone and some, someone would probably eat me alive for saying that <laughs> well i would also agree with the fact that I would say like a lot of characters, maybe they were written by misogynists, but depending on how the actress plays them, can feel like a like a, a feminist or just like the person reclaiming the character yeah. as powerful. Yeah, yeah. There's a sense of ownership, I yeah. feel like, from a lot of the actresses in this movie. So at at this point, uh she tells him she's so sorry for all of her trauma. And this runs off, which, you know, how many times have we done that at the clubs, ladies? <laughs> Come on. It's pretty, ins- it's pretty insane, though, because at one point he's like, you just need to, like, get over it. Like, this is your mom died, like, a year like, ago. Yeah. And she's like, a year ago tomorrow. Like, I feel like it's really affecting our relationship. All, all the ladies and everyone in a relationship out there listening to this, you sh- if you ever feel like you're pressured in a relationship to have sex when you don't want to, get get out. 
Mm-hmm. If you're if so if you're dating someone who's pressuring you for physical intimacy when you don't uh you've indicated that you're not ready for it, get out. What a fucking loser, dumb dumb. Yeah. I mean maybe maybe loser, there's some... loser behavior. Yeah, incels run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Got a baseball bat and everything. So in the principal's office, um, the principal has two boys from the school who decided to dress like the killer, like with the scream mask and everything. And scare Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, the principal is like not standing for any of this. I, I do think the principal is a great character. He's like, this He's is incredible. in- incredibly insensitive. How mm-hmm. could you? Like, how could you, knowing that your classmates have died? Yeah do this like this is so insensitive and he expels both of them and they're like oh my god it's not fair like what and he's like no what would be fair is to rip out your insights and while he's saying this he has this this knife in his hand as well and he's like this really (laughs) sharp knife yeah he's like kind of like carving it on their like um like sweaters and he's like what would be fair is to rip out your insides and hang (laughs) you from a tree and it's so intense. Mm-hmm. It is a very intense moment. So it's a foreshadowing of uh, things to come. Yeah. When I first Certainly. watched this movie, I was like, "He's the killer." Yeah. Right. Wing they player. do. Shut they up. have those frames for like everyone, Christina. where it's like, "I know this person's the killer. This person's the killer." Like, yeah. I do think they try to make it that. I have yeah. the exact quote that uh, Sydney says when she tells him she's sorry for all of her trauma and runs off. Mm-hmm. I have it written down. I forgot to say this. I'm sorry my traumatized life is an inconvenience to you and your perfect existence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at the principal talks to the, uh, at the right path. Yeah, no, we're, it, we're, yes, the bathroom. Yeah, we're okay. in the girls' bathroom where the little bitchy commentary between the the two meanest sluts besides Rose McGowan's character are duking it out in the bathroom saying the most insensitive things about a girl who's had her mother murdered yeah apparently one of them was um I think the cheerleader is uh Skeet's real life girlfriend at the time he got her like a little Mm walk-on part but yeah they're they're basically just like talking shit saying that Sydney made everything up and she just did it for attention and that she's probably the killer (laughs) and like she snapped after her mom's murder and like i think she says that uh oh yeah that teen suicide is out this year and homicide is a much healthier therapeutic expression yes i love (laughs) that fucking line is very very heathers for me exactly totally very heathers uh pretty much said to just listen to the most fucking asshole bitchy comments that you could hear in the bathroom if i'm shitting like i already don't want to hear anything but like especially not gossip about myself yeah if you're shitting in school you don't want anyone else to be in there yeah like you're like that yeah like yeah like in real life people don't poop in school because they save that shit for home but anyway so city leaves the stall looks at herself in the mirror calling herself pathetic so sad Mm -hmm. she checks under the stalls and doesn't see anything but then she hears some whisper her her name and this is like to me the scariest scene in the entire movie because i always check in the bathroom down like looking Mm, before i use it that the boots yeah tracked over like the guy's been standing on the toilet seat and he comes Mm -hmm. down and is really hot 90s serial killer he's like i've been working on a site all day (laughs) 
The killer jumps up. He's whispering Sydney's name. He's like, Sydney, hello, Henny. And she the, the narrowly gay sl- now. Yeah, the kill- killer just morphed into total F word. Sydney slides out of the bathroom. I can say that because I have sucked a lifetime of cocks. There and we go. Y'all can edit that out if you have to. But sl- Sydney slides out of the bathroom and escapes and like runs I'm out the killer. Out the audience. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, hey, you know, I want to know what, you, what what y'all are like. So Sydney slides out of the bathroom, runs out, near nearly escaping the killer. There's some like older woman who's just watching as she runs away, not doing anything, but just being like. Uh, what's going on? Um, Sydney and- does slide out of the restroom like in the most covert way. I was like, yeah, holy in- shit! <laughs> she grapples herself under the white sink and propels herself yeah. in this like super weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little side note. So originally, this was going to be filmed at the San Jose School and the school board had read that it was originally pitched that it was going to be a comedy filled at the school mm-hmm. and then uh, oh. a PTA member got their hands on the actual script and gave it to the school board. I hate the PTA. Yeah. <laughs> the PTA has to be disbanded. So they uh, they pulled the movie originally from being filmed at the school and so they wanted to keep as many violent scenes out of the school so mm. originally that scene was going to be more violent wow oh, wow! so basically what happens after sydney gets out of the restroom is on the news there's like another media circus happening outside of the school not again mm-hmm. and gail shows up this is the first encounter she really has with dewey and she like tries to like cozy up to him get some info on what's going on <laughs> so she lays it on She's like, you look twelve years old, but I would fuck you. Basically, literally, literally what she says that, and she's like, you know, I um, I do the best with men eleven to twenty four. Um, that's my demographic. And then they hear on the loudspeaker, like, schools canceled until further notice. There's a citywide curfew, nine p.m. And Gail's like, oh, we have a serial killer on our hands. But Dewey's like, no, we need a few more kills before we can call them a serial killer. And that's when I was like, Dewey's the killer the first time I watched this. <laughs> okay, Dewey I is that, very suspicious. Christina li- virtually thinks that every slappy comedy man is going to be the killer. She's like watching, she's watching Big Bang Theory and she's like, this one's the killer, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. <laughs> I don't trust, don't trust men. Yeah. That's like a theme. Mm-hmm. Don't trust men. <laughs> Period. Yeah. This is this is this is the number one rule of uh, mov- movies raised by that movies that raised us. Movies yeah. raised by us. <laughs> <laughs> movies raised by us. <laughs> movies that we've raised individually to become a, adult movies. <laughs> we raised these movies. Um, so yeah, Gail's like, let me ask more questions. I have him in the palm of my hand, and she's like, did you find Sydney's father? He's like, no. He's like, no, we haven't. <laughs> He's like divulging top information yeah, for I an know. active murder case because he wants to get some sliz. There is no confidentiality yeah. in this murder case. This movie is so horny. He's yeah. like, I haven't <laughs> fucked in a year. Let me tell you what's going on. So he's like, yeah, haven't found him. You know, he's still a suspect. What else do you want to know? What else do you want to know? Um, no, but he's like, he walks away. He's like, 
going up the stairs and she, he's like, you're much prettier in person. And she's like, I thought you didn't watch the, so- the show. And he's like, I was 24 for an entire year. <laughs> so after school, Tatum and Sydney, they're walking off and Tatum's basically like, I'm not leaving your side for like the rest of the night. You're sticking with me. And that's when Stu comes up to them and he thanks Sydney on behalf of the entire student body for getting school canceled because she was fucking attacked. And he's like, hey, guys, like, we're going to have a curfew party at my house tonight. My parents are out of town. And Sydney's really hesitant at first, but he's like, oh, I can protect you. Like, I got this. And then she eventually gives it. Sydney's like, okay, well, if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. <laughs> she continually hates Randy throughout the, or Stu throughout oh, yeah. this entire movie. And yeah. is like, yeah, so why not? Why not? Everyone's dying around me. I might as well go to the murder team party yeah so fucked up that you did say it's fucked up it does sound fun to go to someone's house and watch a bunch of horror movies that sounds really fun if there's an active serial killer that is murdering my um classmates i'm gonna i'm gonna be scared yeah no that's i'm gonna watch gilmore girls yeah and try to calm down So are we at the principal yes, yeah. scene? Okay, so I love this scene. scene. Yeah. So this is this is a really important uh little trivia scene. Mm. This principal is like trying on the ghost face, you know, Henry Winkler. Yeah. Uh, p- principal Arthur Hembry. <laughs> oh, is that his name? <laughs> yes. I, got to, I Googled it and I was like, oh, okay. So um, he is playing with the ghost face mask and suddenly there's a knock on the door and he, he, he stutters and he's scared. But then he goes back and then suddenly there's another knock at the door. And so he immediately goes and investigate and he walks through an house an office and he's looking around but the only person he sees is the janitor he says what the shit he says something like gotcha shitty or something like that <laughs> and to the janitor and the janitor says what the fuck and he's like oh i'm sorry frank pause guess who the uh janitor is literally freddy freddy cougar no wrong it's west craven oh shit it's the, okay. it's the it's the director of the movie and he's wearing freddy krueger's sweater freddy krueger's sweater <laughs> such an incredible cameo oh my god and um west craven doesn't have like it, they have like fake hair on his face it's really wow. hysterical so where do we go okay so the, then there um he goes back into his office and he's like kind of just like huh oh oh, whatever and his closet door is closed and he whips it open scared it's all clear and he closes the office door and then Ghostface comes out of nowhere and kills him and stabs him to death with the same scissors that (sighs) were in the office earlier yeah so sad rest in peace henry winkler he actually died on set he was actually really murdered on set that day no that's not Wait, true. <laughs> Got you, Mo. I'm in a spooky season. <laughs> you watch Unsolved Mysteries enough, you'll believe anything. It's <laughs> so true. So Stu visits Randy at the video store. And at this point, I'm like, wow, I'm, remember when we had VHS players? I'm addicted to VHS. <laughs> so my, my boyfriend's addicted to Blu-ray, so... <laughs> not not the same, but different. And he's like, you know, are you coming to my party? And Randy's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like with the curfew, I got off early. 
And then Randy spots Billy standing in the horror section talking to some girls. And he's like, ah, that's in such poor taste. Like, he is clearly the killer, and the cops don't watch enough horror movies. <laughs> and he kind of starts to go off into this thing where, like, it's very clear he is obsessed with movies. He works at a video store. Like, he knows the ins and outs of a horror movie. So Stu's like, okay, so why did he kill his girlfriend, um, you know, if that's where you're going with this? And he's like, there's always some bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend Maybe she wouldn't have sex with him. So misogynistic. So mm-hmm. like incel. Mm-hmm. If he can't get it, just give up. Yeah. Just stop. God, just stop. So Randy's like, oh, so like now that Billy tried to like kill his girlfriend, do you think I have a chance with Sydney? And Stu like laughs in his face and is like, absolutely not. No way in hell. And says that he thinks that it's Sydney's dad that kill is like the killer because they can't find him and randy's like no like her dad's probably already dead like that's a red herring yeah his body will come up at the last reel somewhere (laughs) yeah and then randy yells that there's a simple formula and everyone's a suspect and that's when billy like pops up right behind him and he's like well if it were a movie randy's like screaming yeah yeah randy's having a literal psychotic breakdown (laughs) stacking vhs tapes restocking horror movies on the shelf because at this point in the movie the movie store is flooded with people renting horror movies because they are excited about the town they're titillated. Uh, the, the, titillated. Yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible vibes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, la la. You know, this was this kind of podcast. <laughs> movies that have raised us. <laughs> we raised yeah. the movies, darling. <laughs> darling, we raised the movies. Hollywood, we made it. <laughs> Something's okay, so- raised, and it's not the movies. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa! Oh my god. Oh. Look, come on. I'm a virgin, so I don't want to hear about sex. Okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, so all the business is closed for curfew at this point. Tatum and Riley take a walk while Dewey finishes up some work at the police station. Sid asks if Billy is coming tonight, and Tatum says uh, she told Stu not to invite him. They pick up some snacks, and Sid says Billy is right. Not many guys would put up with someone who is sexually ex- anorexic. Oh, my God. Such a such <laughs> douchebag terms. Like, get over yourself. Ah! Tatum says Billy and his penis don't deserve her. Uh, very true. Yeah. And then we see Ghostface in the reflection of the freezer. Ah! Mm. Scary. I'm very scared of... I'm really Thanks. scared at this point. I'm always scared of everything. Mm. Flash forward to the police station, Christina. <laughs> or Mo, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> so Dewey talks to the sheriff, his superior, and it turns out the phone calls from Ghostface are listed to Sydney's father's cell phone. So that's like a huge shift. <gasps> that is so shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredibly. And we also realize that Tomorrow is the anniversary of his wife's death. They so, ju- conveniently just realized. Yeah. This. They conveniently like, had no recollection of it beforehand. Oh, it was the dad calling, and tomorrow is the anniversary of his wife, wife who was brutally murdered and raped. It's yeah. all I, coming up, it's all happening. Mm-hmm. So they keep the curfew going all night, and they're God. like, we got to bring this man in. So 
He tells Dewey to stay close to Sydney tonight. So by staying close to her, it means driving her to this murder party, curfew party. An illegal murder party. <laughs> Basically, if if ever if all the teenagers are getting murdered in, in the town, remove the adults mm-hmm. and put the teenagers alone. With alcohol so and drugs. With alcohol and, and drugs. Yeah. So you don't have to risk the parents. Exactly. It's only fair. Yeah. If I'm having a kid... I'm not the one getting murdered, okay? <laughs> That's not fair. That's not how the dynamic of parents mm-hmm. and children works. Yeah, not after not after all that sacrifice. No, seriously. Um so, you know, Dewey's like, "Okay, girls, have fun. I'll be waiting right <laughs> out here." He's such a fucking tool. He talks like a boy scout. <laughs> yeah, then uh Gail drives up in her news van. And um, she's kind of like hanging out with her camera guy when she gets spooked by Dewey, who's like, what are you doing here? And uh, she's like, well, you never know when a story is going to break. Same. (laughs) And uh, Dewey tells her that he's just here, you know, keep an eye on the party. There's nothing to see here. And she's like, well, then why are you here? And so (laughs) he's like, well, I'm going to go take a look around. And she asks if she can go with him. And he's like, yeah, absolutely insane at this point <laughs> at this point they walk in like arm in arm like a couple yeah and she she she's she, like we've shown up to the party like I've, i'm here with yeah. my girl like some like real housewife of beverly hill friend who wants camera time she's like i'm with him she like mumbles she's like i'm with him uh she's not drunk at this point she's not drunk she doesn't get drunk so she's not drunk don't, we're don't get all confused. drunk yeah we're right, drunk we're, yeah we're drunk off of our own juices mm-hmm. so her camera i mean dewey and gail come to the party and tatum immediately asks dewey like what the fuck is she doing here yeah she you've just brought the news reporter in town who is like smiling ear to ear being like i'm with him (laughs) (laughs) like very typical courtney cox like scary whore face and so sid asks dewey if they found her father but he tells her, unfortunately, no. And at this point, Gail hides a camera on top of the VHS player. Mm-hmm. I would like to note Insane. that at this point in the notes, it says a DVD <laughs> player, which I can tell I'm which the oldest false. person in this. I'm it, sorry. I'm, I'm fucking old, sorry. Old. Okay. <laughs> this is this is where I can tell that I'm an old, old person and. <laughs> I'm just talking to two young ladies right now. <laughs> Listen, they had VHS, I, I mean, VHS, had in, our, VHS in our day. Yeah. yeah. We, I've seen a fucking VHS. All right. Because I'll tell you what, when I was four years old and we moved away from Canada to China, we had to like sell a lot of our shit because we were not shipping yeah. it to China. And my parents sold all of my like Disney VHS tapes oh, every no. single time. I did not want them to do it then. And I'm still mad that they did it now because now I don't have my VHS tapes anymore. I would be furious. So back to what we're doing is recording a podcast about Scream. (laughs) And we're in the garage at this point. Tatum is like being a great girlfriend. She's bringing some beers back to the party. And she goes into the garage, of course. I mean, I don't know who lives in New England here, but like. I'm from Connecticut. We all have a second fridge in the garage. That's just commonplace. I just want to say, at the request of her boyfriend, she says, what am I, the beer wench? <laughs> I remember that She's at like, all. Fuck. When she does that say that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sorry. I just wanted to really quickly drop that quote yeah. in the yeah. sequence of it happening. So she goes to the garage, gets this beer, 
And she is spooked by a cat knocking over some tools. And Oof, she's like, Ugh, like, I'm just insane. Like, relax, Tatum. <laughs> and she goes back to, to the door. The door is locked. Mm. And she starts knocking on the door. She's like, someone open the door. This isn't funny. <laughs> and so she walks over to the garage to just leave through the garage door. But she stops halfway and it starts to close. So she turns around to see the ghost face killer standing at the garage door and she's like, okay, Randy, like lose the costume. Sydney's going to flip out if she sees you. The person says nothing. She's like, oh, you want to play psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I want to note really quickly that this is the only time in the movie that they call the killer Mr. the Ghostface. Yeah. It's the only oh, time yeah. in the entire movie they've actually used the words Ghostface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally out of the blue. And then Tatum tries to leave, but Ghostface grabs her and pulls out a knife and cuts her arm just to like prove that it's real, I guess. And she starts running from him, <laughs> slamming his head into the freezer door. Like she's just trying to get him off her tail. And she starts throwing the beer bottles at him. Waste. Manages to make it to this little kitty door that has been cut out in the garage door. And she's trying to fit her very well endowed giant. <laughs> yeah, she's into- trying to fit. <laughs> I, I, as as a uh, guest, I'll go ahead and say that she's trying to fit her gigantic tits and her giant ass <laughs> through this tiny hole, and it's not working. Um, during the filming of this, they Home had girls to, trying. <laughs> she they had to staple her skirt. Yeah, because she was too tiny. She, she's too small, and so she kept falling through while the garage door was racing. She was like, I was literally like so skinny. I'm just like, like, like it was such a waif. Like so I was just tiny. like flipping and flopping through the door. So yeah, all skinny people are the villains and all twinks are villains um troy savan is the villain oh not again he's done it again so she like tries to get through this cat door but Ghostface turns on the garage door and it starts going up and tatum is she basically short circuits the entire garage door system with her body and gets killed from violently squished it in between the door and the thing yeah it's like a neck snap yeah literally every parent's nightmare my babe my sweet little baby getting trapped in the garage door who puts a cat door in their garage door i'll say that the this one time my uncle actually put up the garage door when the dog was tied to it and the dog was like oh nearly hanging in (gasps) midair and 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 like we were like, put the garage, like, get the dog. Oh my God. So they are dangerous. Yeah. Be careful. I, I think a garage door is pretty dangerous. But I will say the difference between 1996 and now is that most garage doors have sensors. Mm-hmm. So if there is like the movement of something, they'll stop. The yeah. garage door will stop. Yeah. <laughs> 